0: This episode of Breaking Walls is sponsored by... Are you a maker, doer, dreamer who enjoys their time alone? Who thrives on working solo? Then you might enjoy the Creative Introvert Podcast. Every week I bring you musings, tips and guest interviews in order to inspire and motivate my fellow creative innies. Find the show at thecreativeintrovert.com
1: Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all?
2: We offer you!
0: What's up, guys? Welcome to Breaking Walls, episode number 63... My name is James Scully. Today on Breaking Walls, we're going to head to the studios at Mana Contemporary in Jersey City, New Jersey, for a conversation with artist Chantelle Martin. Chantel's art exists in the space where time, energy, and evolution converge. She currently produces large-scale murals, installations, and other pieces that ask questions about our human existence and positively engage the viewer. Almost all of Chantel's current creations are made on white surfaces using black ink, paint, or another similar medium. What's most incredible is that there's nothing black and white about Chantel or the art she produces. Both are vibrant, thoughtful, and connected to the world we see around us. If you haven't seen Chantel's creations and are now hearing this, I'm providing written links to her site and social media in the description for this episode, and I'd also suggest you definitely go check it out before listening. Her website is chantellmartin.net, S-H-A-N-T-E-L-L-M-A-R-T-I-N.net. Seeing her work will absolutely give you larger context for who she is and why she approaches life the way she does. Now, before I go on, I just want to say that if this is the first time you're listening to Breaking Walls and would like to subscribe, please do so at iTunes by searching for Breaking Walls or by following us at SoundCloud at The Wall Breakers. If you like these podcasts, please leave an iTunes rating and review. It helps the iTunes algorithm, it'll help more people discover Breaking Walls, and in some ways you'd be doing marketing for me, so I'd appreciate that. Thank you. By the time you'll hear the next episode of Breaking Walls, I'll have information to share about new places this podcast will be available. I've just submitted the Breaking Walls RSS feed to TuneIn, Stitcher, and I'm slowly going to be adding each episode of Breaking Walls to the Wallbreaker's YouTube page, which I have admittedly neglected. Some past episodes are on there, and a lot still aren't. It'll take me a few weeks to catalog and upload each media file, as they have to be uploaded as a video file, and I plan on having this to go at some point in September. And to check out our line of New York City Unity t-shirts, please go to jamesthewallbreaker.com shop. These are typographic t-shirts that use the slang names of the five boroughs of new york city to help show unity amongst all new yorkers near and far my partner and myself recently released a 60 second commercial spot and photography for the shirts we've gotten good feedback on the creative work so thank you for that feedback and for your constructive criticism too at times it's very much appreciated and we're looking forward to expanding this line in the fall but one thing about unity is that we don't want to just release Clothing. We want to do something for the community of New York City as we're doing this. Otherwise, we're just another people trying to make T-shirts, and that's not what we're about. The Wallbreakers, by the way, we're on all social media outlets at the Wallbreakers, and we're on the web at thewallbreakers.com. And that's it. Those are the announcements for today. So please stay tuned after this brief pause for my chat with Chantel Martin at Mana Contemporary in Jersey City, New Jersey. The first thing I want to ask you is you just got back from a cross-country trip, correct? Where you were documenting your trip on the way back. Yeah. Is that something that is... It doesn't seem to be, you know, based on the way that you're creating art. You document. Yeah. What, either it be life, emotions in life, in this case, actual stops along the way. Where does that come from inside of you, the need to want to document your experiences. Some people float through life and it's not a yeah. you deal them. I mean, in the social media age, people do it more. Yeah. For you, is there some sort of inspiration that causes that?
3: Well, I think the documentation part came to me much later than the execution part. So I started my career in Japan as a VJ, as a visual jockey,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and they would basically create live-drawn digital analog illustrations in clubs or avant-garde venues in Japan. So I did that for about four and a half years, and that was how I started my career, and that was my career in Japan, and for the most part I didn't document it, and I didn't save it. You know, I'd go and I'd be drawing for a few hours, and then I'd close my computer and I'd go home. Mm -hmm. Now you fast forward, and I look back at the beginnings of my career, I look back at these first five years of my career, and they don't exist, Mm. because I didn't document them. Mm. Because of that, it's made me be much more of a documenter now, because... I understand that a lot of my work is experiential based, a lot of my work is installation based, a lot of my work is murals, for example, or wall drawings. And these go away, most of them are temporary, so most of my art doesn't actually exist. So to kind of create this space where my work actually exists, I started to document and make sure, okay, if I'm doing a mural, let me make sure I hire a photographer that I love working with and let him or her come and document the work because I know that that will be the work in the future and the work itself is gone. Right. So it's been more of um, something I've done in the last kind of five years because I didn't do it in the first five years of my career.
0: Now those first five years when you were basically working and like you said, you'd close your computer and you'd go home, were you looking at it as a career or were you doing that because you were saying, oh, I'm grateful and thankful to be done with night. I wanna go home? Or was yeah. it more like you were just so involved in the art well, then it was, it was more
3: of a Zen approach, right, in a way. It was more of like, you know, art. I don't think we should be too precious over art because then we're worried about the preservation of it. So if I show up to a show and I'm worried about it being recorded or documented or preserved then that takes away from the experience of it and that takes away from just going and actually executing it and enjoying it and understanding that it's the preservation is in the experience of other people. Mm-hmm. So if you go and you saw me drawing in the clubs in Japan, you are the part of the documentation of my work. You are the part of the experience of my work. Mm-hmm. You just weren't saved on a hard drive somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it came from this kind of idea of you know wanting things to be in the moment and wanting things to be an experience and not being too precious over the preservation of the thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So
0: maybe perhaps some of that changing is just that you're aging, so you're...
3: Yeah, it's funny, you, it, it is true. You get a little bit older and you realize that a lot of your work in your life has been destroyed mm-hmm. because it's been temporary or it's been ephemeral. And then you realize that, you know, as an artist, you're only actually gonna make X amount of work in your lifetime. Sure. And you want that to stick around a little bit. You want it to have some life. You want it to have some legs. You want want to be able to tell that story. Mm -hmm. And I think it is something that definitely happens from getting a little bit older. Uh, You kind of get a little bit more attached to your work, which Mm -hmm. is something I've tried not to do. I've tried not to be attached to my work because of that precious effect that it can have on you from not enjoying it as much. But I also think it is important to preserve the work to a certain degree to tell the story beyond your lifetime. Mm
0: I want to come back to this in a few minutes. Yeah. Cause there's a lot more that immediately makes me want to ask you certain yeah. things. But I'd like to go back to the beginning with you, either your earliest memories as a creator, or just maybe your earliest memories outside of being an artist, and what they are for you and how they have affected you. You know, there are artists, some artists they create through pain. Some artists create through joy. You know, there's a combination of all yeah, that. Yeah. Everybody's lives and For you, obviously you do not have an American accent. So you've been on journeys in your life. Can you take me back to your earliest memories?
3: I'm from Thamesmead, which is in southeast London. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of these kind of council estates built in the late 1960s to provide housing after the Second World War because a lot of the Victorian housing was destroyed. So it's kind of around this area where we started to build these kind of like brutalist concrete kind of housing estates. And we had this vision where you know people from all different backgrounds around the country can come and live on them but mm. you know it never ends up being like that so mm. Thamesmead ended up being you know having a bad reputation it was a backdrop for, for movies like Clockwork Orange and mm. a b- more recently Misfits and car commercials so it was interesting growing up in this place where in a way it seemed quite futuristic and ambitious but on the other hand it was very far behind and I Drew as a kid. I wrote as a kid growing up there, but I didn't know it was art because there were no artists around us. There was no galleries around us. There was no museums around us. It was something I did to that. The action of drawing or the action of writing made me feel better.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I, I used to draw lots of little face. You know, take a page and just draw lots of different faces and kind of make up names or powers or identities for them. And you know, you, you kind of hear this now. It's kind of You know, it's how a lot of us as children have some control in the environment that we're growing up in if we don't potentially have that control. Like I said, I didn't know it was really art. And and then kind of later memories, I I remember my mum drawing our dog Mm. at the time. And I was really blown away because like the dog she drew looked like our dog. Mm. And there was this like realization that you can create different realities and and realities that exist now as well um, just by drawing. Mm -hmm so you know there was this initial earlier path of just doing it because it felt good to get it out and Mm -hmm. that's how I got it out and and a lot of my earlier work I found some of it it's quite dark Mm. Um, you know it's like a lot of cliche skulls and Mm. lost words within there and you're like oh wow like I'm really lucky as a kid as a young adult as a teenager I was able to use this craft or this gift or this tool of writing and drawing to get that stuff out.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It's and therapy.
3: Yeah, it was therapy. And I didn't even know it at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so that made, you know, I think a lot about, I had that natural instinct to do that because it made me feel better and, and that was actually the, the thing I'm drawn to do in this life. Mm-hmm. And if that isn't your thing, how did other kids in gro- I was growing up with or in similar circumstances what was their therapy, like mm-hmm. how did they get that out? How sure. did they feel better?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So I feel very fortunate that was at the beginnings of my career was basically you know self therapy mm-hmm. to get that stuff out and uh, eventually you know that took me to art school where you know similar thing it was. I was a very morbid art student, but it helped me work through a lot of things and I had to go through that. Why do you say morbid art student? Um, I was morbid because, you know, I made nooses, um, I had a a character I used to tag, was called Hangman. Mm -hmm. My business card was one of those cards that you get from the funeral Mm -hmm. home that said in loving memory, Mm -hmm. Chantel Martin. So, you know, there's an obsession with death. And I think that's because, you know, at that age, especially as an art student, you you get to explore death in a way that no one else does. You get to explore death through these kind of tangible objects or words.
0: It's interesting to me that you would mention that you grew up in a town filled with brutalist architecture, considering the contour line work that you do is such the antithesis of what brutalism was or is. And also, right now, you're speaking to me about an obsession with death. And when I look at your work, I can't help but notice how alive it all is. So obviously things have changed slightly (laughs) in that time.
3: Well, you know, it's a path Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and you have to,
3: you know, you have, my work wouldn't be as whimsical or as free or as questioning or as, you know, the most reaction I get when people look at my work and they don't really know I'm looking at them is they smile. Mm. And that only has happened because I've come from this journey or I've gone through that path where it's not been so bright and it's not been so happy and I've been able to work things out Mm -hmm. and once you experience that you only ever want to move away from that, you only ever want to progress from that, you never really want to go back there, so the result is your work becomes a lot lighter, it Mm -hmm. becomes a lot freer, it becomes a lot more whimsical it it entices a lot more smiles from people because
0: it's been on that journey Mm -hmm. When you were talking earlier about the experience of you creating work or someone then experiencing your work, there's a triadic relationship to me going on. There's the work itself, and then there's your experience with it, your experience with the viewer, and the viewer's experience with you and the work. This seems to be very conscious on your part. And so far, 10 minutes into knowing you, everything about you seems to be very conscious. Where yeah. you are understanding your place in the larger picture and commenting on it in a lot of ways. Yeah. As I look at these faces and the contour line work that you're doing, and positive messages that you're also invoking is it hope is that what you want people to walk away from your work with or if there are specific emotions that you'd like people to leave with are they tangible
3: yeah you know I see it more as seeds so um, through the drawing and through the words and through the faces and through the conversation in the work basically what I'm doing is planting seeds in other people and 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 these seeds are in the form of the you know the questions in my pocket, mm-hmm. you know, the questions within the work, the positive phrases, the questioning phrases, the idea is that you look at it and those seeds are planted consciously or unconsciously mm-hmm. and you take that away with you. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel
0: like my work is. Mm-hmm. You just took out, and since we're on audio, are you you? This is what was yeah. in your pocket. And to hand this to somebody who doesn't know the answer to that, that could create a lot of terror in their mind, right? And, but to somebody who does, that's a, almost yeah. a reaffirmation of, yes, I do know who I am. And the thing
3: is, is like, you know, I hand these stickers out all the time and I have a t-shirt that says, are you, you? And it's funny, the response that you get walking down the street with a, a, a tank top that says, are you, you? Mm-hmm. And it's like, people are curious about this. People are afraid of this, mm-hmm. but they're also drawn to it mm-hmm. and they're intrigued by it. And, you know, the question of who are you or are you, you? It's a cycle, it's an understanding, it's mm-hmm. a celebration of self. It's a, it's a knowing that you know once you do have an understanding of yourself that there's still so much more growing Mm -hmm. and understanding and things to be discovered Mm -hmm. and and that's the fun of it. I kind of try and direct the the identity question into more of like well how are you finding your way Mm -hmm. versus like who are you as at the core as an individual because we find those questions very difficult you know if I'm to ask you who are you and if you were to tell me without saying what you do or where you're from or any role that you play in your life, like father, teacher, Mm. husband, businessman, it's very hard to come up with an answer because we just don't have the vocabulary for that. Mm. Um, And and so by giving these out, it's more about like, well, how are you finding your way? Mm. You know, are are you doing what you love? Mm. Like, what do you love? Like, what Mm. is your gift? Like, what are you sharing? What are you making? Mm what of yourself don't you like? And that's the thing, you understand that some people don't like themselves mm-hmm. because they're not there yet. And mm-hmm. when they get there, they, they have to learn to like
0: themselves mm-hmm. and love themselves all over again. Mm-hmm. I think also part of that journey is understanding that whoever we are today on August 8th, on August 15th, that's a lifetime from now. A week yeah. from now is a lifetime. Yeah. There could be so much change or growth. or, And the questions that you seem to be asking yourself about life are, you know, I noticed on the top of your Instagram, you said that you're trying to be a healthier, kinder person each day. Yeah. It's just funny to me that without really knowing you, the first thing that you said was that I grew up in an area with a lot of brutalist architecture, only because for anybody who knows what brutalist architecture is, it's so devoid of human yeah. touch. And it must have been very depressing in some ways.
3: You know, as, as a kid, it's fun because you're basically grow, growing up, um, you know, there's like... Uh, you know, levels and bridges, and it's all very concrete and dark and grey, but we have things to jump off, things Mm -hmm. to run up, you know, so for us it was a big playground. Okay. You know, at that point you don't have a comparison. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you can compare it to, like, uh, the countryside, because you don't know what the countryside looks like. Right. This is what you're growing up with, Mm -hmm. so you make the most of it as a kid, Mm -hmm. um, and you find the fun in that. Mm
0: hmm It's true. Yeah. Children, you know, they don't have to be depressed about life unless yeah. somebody gives them a reason to be yeah. or tells them that it exists. Exactly. I'm also wondering, so you said you went to art school, you were always drawing as a kid. We use words, and I sometimes struggle with them as an artist, a professional artist, work, career. I almost, in writing the outline for you, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to call your work, work. Yeah. Because I don't know if you would call what you're doing work. Yeah. And. So I'm wondering, was there a, a specific moment in time that you realized this was something that you wanted to do to help feed yourself? And if that's the case, do you consider this a career? Do you handle it like it's a career? I, I, I do think as any kind of professional artist, we, there's gonna be a play between being open and being whimsical, but also saying, I need to be on top of my shit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I I see myself as a business person. I see myself as a brand. I see myself as a company. I see myself as an artist. But it's funny. We we live in this space now where we don't particularly like to call artists business people because then we think about this idea that money is involved. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, we've divorced ourselves from art. and the commercial space, and we think that the two are separate. Do you mean as artists? As artists, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so what I've come to learn as an artist is like, well, you know, for me this is my work, but this is my play, this is my career, mm-hmm. this is something I take quite seriously, and even any kind of serious, active school or any serious, active business, you need to equip yourself to succeed in it. Mm-hmm. You want to be the best at it. You mm-hmm. want to, you know, devote yourself and, and take yourself as far, as possible within that space.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So then you have to look at what all the skills or the things that you need. And it's like, well, okay, I've, I've got to be organized. I have, a, I need a good understanding of taxes. I'm, I should have a foundation understanding of contract and agreement.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I should know what materials I want to use. I should uh, focus on my line and drawing and all these things because you know the creative part we do that mm-hmm. but being an artist today is like a is a combination or a cocktail of many things mm-hmm. and as this is you know it's my hobby but it's also my life and my work i see it as an all-encompassing thing that should that i should focus on all the areas that i'm strong at or weak at
0: was that a conscious decision also for you in terms of you never wanted to separate like so people who go to an office every day yeah. they have their work and then they have their yeah. life I've always been that way where I just want to live, and has yeah. that been a conscious
3: It's separated. Like you, you'll see up there, I have, you know, there's a picture from the New York Times when my home was on the cover there, mm-hmm. um, and very much like, you know, I went home and my whole, whole home was drawing, but I didn't have a studio at that time. Fast forward a few years' time, there's no drawing in my apartment, it's 100% blank, there's no art up, it's a complete blank canvas because I have my studio. So for me, I, I, I want to keep the two separate now, just mm-hmm. because then I can go home to this blank space and I can come up with new ideas mm-hmm. and I right. can have new thoughts. Sure, um, You know, and if I did what I did then and I had drawing on all my walls at home and, and all my art up, I'm almost stepping into that bubble. You versus, can burn yourself yeah, out. versus giving myself this blank canvas to mm-hmm. kind of reinvent or sure. think about new things. So so now i like that divide so when i go home i switch off you know watch law and order or cook or something like right. that you yeah know.
0: exactly you've obviously had all kinds of partnerships everything from i saw your work at the cone allen walls before yeah. I it's funny because when lana reached out to me i already knew what your work was yeah but also you know working with somebody let's say like kendrick lamar or various institutions that you've worked with When you were first starting out, probably had to reach out to other people to try to get to work with them. No, it was always people always coming to you.
3: So my career since it started in Japan, people have always come for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in Japan, uh, I was very fortunate that my career meant you know my job was basically I go to a club and I create the visuals live in the club, and there are a few hundred people on the dance floor or a Mm -hmm. few thousand people on the dance floor. And in that crowd are promoters, are you know, people doing their own events, and after they would come out and find me. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, sure, I can do an event there. And, and then coming to, to the US, New York, I came from Japan, so no one knew me here. Yeah. But I, I was like, well, I'm just gonna do my own projects. I'm gonna use what I ha- have access to and create my own opportunity. So I started to do my own events, and I started to do my own things. And, and slowly people see those, and then they say, oh, can you do that for me? Um, for me, it's never worked really the other way around. Like I can't go and solicitate and, and have someone try and uh, be um, excited about my work. They have to see it and then get it and enjoy it and then want to work with me. And that's just how it's been my whole career. It's like people seen the work that I'm doing either by myself because I enjoy it and for the fun of it or they've seen it at an event or a project that I've done and then after you know they've circled back to me immediately or even years later. Mm -hmm. you know they've i saw your work four years ago at this event and i've seen it since and i've you know now i'm in this position and i'd love to work with you Mm -hmm. um so it's it's been quite reactive you know coming in and then me saying yes or no Mm -hmm.
0: and so in the 20 minutes that we're talking we've already hit on mortality yeah dealing with death as a young artist also in this case putting yourself out there because you are willing to Go work in a club and have people see you. You're out in the world, yeah. And sometimes artists can struggle with that. They, they're afraid to be seen. Yeah. If somebody is struggling with that, what would you tell them?
3: Well, you know, if you're afraid to be seen, um, you have to think about what trying, what what kind of artist are you trying to be. Mm. Uh, do you want to be an artist that hides away, creates all this work and then that work is discovered you know, on your deathbed or when you're older and then it's maybe put into a museum, maybe something's done with it. Maybe you don't care if anyone sees it, that's fine. If you're an artist that is hiding away but you really want people to see your work, you really want it to um, show up online, you really want it to be put in galleries, museums, your local co- coffee shop, um, but you, you socially... You're, you're not a big fan of being in crowds or around people, you have to be like, okay, this is a weakness of mine you know, I'm creative I'm, I'm talented, I'm willing to put the time in, but I'm not really sociable and I don't like going out, And so you have to see this as a weakness that you just need to improve
1: mm.
3: that you need to focus on Um, And like I said earlier, you know, being an artist is a cocktail or a combination of many different skills Mm -hmm. and being sociable and being active online sociably is a skill. And some of us, you know, that skill, we're not that great at it, but if we want to be a successful artist in today's kind of culture and climate, we have to focus on all these different skills. And Mm -hmm. like I, I mentioned before, it's like being organized, having an understanding of taxes Having an understanding of your agreements and your rights as an artist, being sociable, having a presence online, um, creating work and then sharing that and sharing it in any capacity that you can, mm-hmm. and not playing the if game. You know, a lot of us—it's um, very tempting to play the if game. If I had money, I would. If I had a gallery, I would. If I had a mentor, I would. If I had an investor, I would. Uh, if I had some shows, I would. If I had this, if I had that, if I would had this. I could do all these things. Mm.
0: Because it's, uh, if I wasn't afraid, yeah. then I could do all so this. so what
3: thing. do you have? Mm. Okay, um, you, have a, you, you have some immediate family, you have some immediate friends. Uh, maybe you have access to uh, the, the local cafe, maybe you have access to a local space or a local school, and that's where you start, you know, mm. and, and you start showing work to your friends, showing work to your family, showing work in spaces where you can show it, making your own opportunities, but doing it in a way that is accessible to you. Mm -hmm. And then you slowly build out from Mm -hmm. there. And as you do that, you focus on building all these skills that you need.
0: Obviously then patience would be a key, right? Because we want everything now, but we might not know what that is.
3: Yeah, I think one thing that's really helped my career uh, and just really helped me as an individual is that I'm in no rush. Mm. No rush for
0: what? Life, general, or?
3: I'm in no rush for my career to unfold Uh, and be this imaginary successful thing, whatever it is. You know, I'm in no rush to discover myself. I'm in no rush to go on this self-explanarity, like, you know, uh, this self-exploration of myself or my art, you know, you've got to be patient and you've got to let the work unfold. Um, That doesn't mean that, you know, you can go home and just sleep all day, but it just means like, your career as an artist is going to unfold over time mm. and you shouldn't rush that. Because mm. one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And you need to kind of let that unfold in the way that it should be. Mm. And, and, and yes, it is tempting to be like, oh well, why is this person doing this? And why is that person doing this? I could do that, I should be doing that, I should be doing that. And it's like, you know what, it's not your time yet.
0: Mm.
3: So what are you doing now? Mm. Just focus on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Everything that you've been mentioning, it does speak to somebody who is, trying very hard to well maybe you're not even trying very hard it's maybe it's very natural at this point to be present in yourself but we're also talking about branding it, you have a very specific style at the moment that is recognizable as your work at the same time you're saying you're not in any rush to have your career unfold does the need to be let's say active on social media do you handle your own social media by the way I, I do all of it okay So does the need to be active on social media sometimes supersede the ability to be creative? Or does the need to have a recognizable style that if people want to look you up or if people see your wall in Coney Island, they know it's you, supersede the ability to go and do something completely different?
3: The thing is, is like, yes and no. Like, um, everyone has a style, you've got to pull it out. You Mm -hmm. can't just go out and pick it up. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the work that I did 10 years ago, you could look at it and still be like, oh, that's Chantel." Mm-hmm. The work I did 20 years ago, you could go and look at that and be like, oh, that's Chantelle. Um, it's not like I created a brand. It's not like I um, created a style. It's always been there. It's just that over time it's been refining and becoming more and more confident as it goes along. Mm-hmm. If we go back 100 years ago, artists had their own styles. Some artists were highly recognizable. Mm-hmm. It's just that we live in a space now where we have words like branding, and we have words like... Um, you know, these, these these kind of words that we have sum things down to. Um, branding isn't new. Having your own style isn't new. Um, being recognizable isn't new. Mm-hmm. These things have always existed. It's just now that we've learned to talk about it in a different way with regards to, like, social stuff. Um, but, you know, all I've done is, like... Um, and, 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 and this is why I draw live, actually. I'm not a performer, but most of my work is drawn live, and that's how my career started, drawing live in clubs. Because I found, if I draw live, it takes away time. Mm-hmm. And it takes away time to think. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm drawing live I don't have time to think and worry I don't have time to hesitate mm-hmm. I don't have time to worry I don't have time to be insecure, and I don't have time to be anyone else right you can only be
0: yourself in that moment So
3: the work that you're creating in that moment in real time is authentically you mm-hmm. and now you practice doing that over time of course you're going to have a recognizable story or story and style because you're not trying to be anyone else right you're you didn 't have time. To, to imitate or mm-hmm. mimic or let any other thoughts sink in, but, but, but the movement of your hand in a confident way over time, um, and you do that enough and it, it's you. Mm-hmm. So like one practice, you know, I recommend for any artist, is like put yourself in a position where you take away time. Mm-hmm. Because then over time, if you practice that, you get to see what you really look like and mm-hmm. what your style is. And, and, um, and you, you get to see that you also are recognizable.
0: Mm-hmm. I sometimes enjoy going up and doing, let's say, improv, or uh, yeah. speaking in front of an audience, and it's been an experiment of mine to be able to tell a story, but I don't want a script. I just want bullet points in my head, yeah. and I say, I, I want to go from here to here. So I'm wondering if that's how, when you're drawing live, how much of it is pre-planned? Is it just that you have a loose yeah. idea of like, oh, I know I'd like to do these kinds of things, and then, your hand yeah. goes where it goes it's zero pre-planned
3: and it's the same i just started doing music probably over the last year and it's the same there's zero plan but what is planned is the medium okay or what i'm gonna draw on i'm gonna draw on this panel or this canvas or this wall with this material with this pen with this ink with this spray brush or um i'm gonna use this microphone or this piano Um, in this venue Mm -hmm. and then the rest is unfolds as it is because I think the work you know we create work which exists in one moment in one time in one space and the work that you want to create in that space and in that time you want it to be the work that truly should have existed in that space and that time and being created in that moment Mm -hmm. and if you go in with too many plans you kind of take away from that magic Mm -hmm that can happen spontaneously and intuitively um, and you take away from the magic that the audience brings to inspire the direction or the atmosphere of the space sure. which guides the work.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially, something that I've noticed in terms of let's say an open mic, sometimes I'll be listening to somebody and they'll say, oh I messed that lyric up. But yeah. I don't know that, yeah. as the, so just yeah. keep going with it. Yeah. So,
3: I know, I and mean, then you're like, "What? Wait, that isn't. F- you're not creating something new
0: for us. It's not relevant. Sure, like, you're right, writing yeah. something in old, like right, yeah, right. And as once again, as a contour line artist, well, first of all, is that what you would consider yourself? Because no, I
3: think contour lines is when you know you you, you're you, not you looking, create right. the contours of something, and you're not looking. You mm-hmm. know, I'm I'm clearly looking at what I'm doing,
0: and there's a clear
3: focus in it. You know, it's less about the contours or going around something. Yeah.
0: So when you're in the process of creating, are you there at the moment? I, I, yeah. I know that you're very present, in, but when you're done, is it almost like you've had an out-of-body hmm. experience? Yeah, you know, it's,
3: it's like when you meditate, right? Yes. So meditation, you're highly aware and focused on what you're doing because, you know, you sit in a certain position, you, your breath's either observed or not observed, you're focused on the act of what you're doing, but at the same time you're taking a back seat so you can allow what you're doing to Mm -hmm. be what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And it's the same as drawing or it's the same as performing. You're highly focused on the activity, you're highly focused on details of what you're doing, but at the same time you're taking a back seat because you don't want to direct what is happening, Mm -hmm. you just want to allow what's happening. Um, So it's very much like that, I just take a, a, a seat back because then the pen goes where it wants to go instead mm-hmm. of me telling it where to go. Sure, it's
0: almost as if you're a conduit for its energy.
3: Yeah, right? and, and, and I think a simple way to think of that is, you know, sometimes we pick up a pen and we think the pen's the tool, but let's ignore that. The pen isn't the tool, we're the tool. We're mm-hmm. the one being used. Mm-hmm. So we need to put ourselves in this almost like passive position where we can allow ourselves to flow so we can allow this tool to
0: flow. Mm-hmm. Are you at this moment in time planning out we're in August, are you saying in December I'd like to do this or we're talking a lot about being present and perhaps it's just that most of us grow up in a way where I think as artists we have to lose that fear of, uh, of needing to have all the answers answered yeah. already and I also think that in the world that we're living in the days of 401ks and good jobs with benefits they seem to be going in another direction so yeah. it's forcing us to be more entrepreneurial and creative a lot of what we're talking about here is shedding fears in a lot of ways to be one's true self and obviously it doesn't seem to me that you're really afraid of anything at this point in time correct me if i'm wrong are there things that you're afraid of do like flying okay so things <laughs> that yeah, are easily yeah. controllable yeah yeah mm-hmm. how far down the road are you looking in your life right now or is it just tomorrow or is yeah, it yeah
3: you know so um as uh, like i said earlier like as an artist i'm aware that you only make a certain amount of work within your lifetime and i seem to be uh, it's in my nature also to be like really highly organized so i've taken on the endeavor this year of cataloging and doing an inventory of all the artwork i've ever made mm-hmm. that is still uh, you know physically here um and you know i want to do that as a living artist that's a job that usually happens after you die and then it's, it's someone's burden to like go through your thousands of drawings that you've created and guess mm-hmm. when you made them and like measure them and you know, make a condition report about them. So um, right now I'm, I'm cataloging and doing an inventory of all my art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, thinking far out in the future, I don't really think too far out, but I think, you know, um, I started acting classes, you know, I want to maybe do acting. So I'm thinking, in this near future where what do I want to do creatively or how do I want that to change? If we think much bigger picture, you know, 10 years out, I'm thinking, oh, well, I want to create a show, um, you know, a traveling, interactive, immersive show that could travel between museums and institutions and other venues. If we think further out than that, it's, it's gray. Mm-hmm.
0: like. You can't yeah. fathom it yet, right? Exactly. You have
3: to walk yeah. that path. So you know, for me, that it's like a near future perspective mm-hmm. of things I want to do creatively or things I want to explore, combined with also wanting to have the foundation of my life or the foundation of my art or the foundation of my career highly cataloged and, and organized, so um,
0: so it's there. You Are know? you taking pride in doing this yourself?
3: Yeah. Completely,
0: yeah. Is, is any of that uh, a desire to control, or is it?
3: It's complete control, you okay. know. And uh, you know, it's wanting to,
0: um,
3: it's this thin balance between like freedom and control. Mm-hmm. But to be free, you need a certain amount of control. You need a strong foundation to stand on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes to move forward, we have to just step back a little bit and, and regroup and reassess and catalog in my instance. And then once I've done that, then I can almost be like, all right, check, done that. Mm -hmm. Let's go and explore the future. Let's Mm -hmm. create
0: new stuff. It goes back to everything that we were talking about, essentially, that you've been doing for the last second part of this decade where you're suddenly cataloging things after you hadn't done it for so long. It's true. In some ways, you have to know where you've been in order to not be afraid of where you're going. So that you know you. you. So it seems to me that you would also be open to everything that I'm seeing around me becoming a thing of the past. As yeah. You might be using your body to create art someday in, in a different way, and, and this will just be a part of you that'll have happened, but yeah. like you're saying, if we look at your drawings from 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it's from your heart and your soul, so it still reads as you, and that's all you're really concerned about is yeah. being your genuine self, right? Exactly. Thank you, by the way, cool. that's amazing. Do you have any questions of me at the moment? No, no, I think I'm good. We really didn't follow most of this, <laughs> but it, it kind of, as always, like, as life is, it meanders yeah, where it's going. No, Do you have good. things that you want to plug?
3: Um, not really. Uh, you know, I think most things I've done have, have happened this year. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but keep an eye out for me for, um, for doing the music thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's about it. Okay, obviously, social media handles and u- website URLs. i going to include all that yeah, stuff. Thank you. Chantel, thank you for a lovely, enlightening conversation. There are so many tidbits from this chat that I can take with me in my life. I'm very grateful for that. I hope you, the listener, felt the same way. The harvest season, it's all about gathering the fruits, the vegetables, the ideals grown from days, weeks, and months of hard work. Chantelle has absolutely done that. She works to be balanced, she works to be patient, progressive, and she's obviously having fun. So her social media handles are at Chantelle underscore Martin, and her portfolio can be found at ChantelleMartin.net. And if you're interested in checking out some of the things that she sells, you can do so at foundthefound.com. That's F O U N D. If you are interested in finding out more about the studios in Jersey City at Mana Contemporary, Please go to manacontemporary.com. That's M-A-N-A. Mana. Their social media handle is at manacontemporary. Now, as I mentioned on the open, if you've gotten this podcast via thewallbreakers.com or some other web means and would like to subscribe, please do so at iTunes by searching for Breaking Walls, and you can do so on SoundCloud at the Wallbreakers. The Wallbreakers Unity T-shirt line—it's available at jamesthewallbreaker.com/shop or thewallbreakers.com/shop. Our intro music is César Franck's Symphony in D Minor, Part 3 of the Finale. Our transitional and outro music today will be Blue Basket from the Khmer Folk Sublime Frequencies Cambodian Cassette Archives. The next time you hear my voice will be Breaking Walls episode number 64 on September 1st. September's theme will be learning lessons slash back to school. I am planning on presenting two strong episodes to you. One with a progressive professional dancer who works here in New York City, and the other centered around student loan debt and what we can do to gain a better understanding of why some of us have it, why some of us don't, and what we can all do together as a collective consciousness to combat the now $1.3 trillion worth of student loan debt in America. That is a factual figure. It's not embellished. There is $1.3 trillion worth of student loan debt. I have it on good authority that, in terms of liquid cash assets in the entire world, that equals $1 trillion. So there is more student loan debt, $300 billion worth of student loan debt. In this country, more than there are liquid assets in this entire world. I think it's time that we all did something about it together before this entire country crumbles under the weight of debt. As we hit the middle of August, I hope that you are where you want to be in life. And hey, if you aren't, and if you're feeling like you aren't, then there's two things probably. One, you might be comparing yourself with someone else or someone on some imaginary level of success in your life that you don't need to. And two, as Chantel would tell you, you're exactly where you need to be right now. We're all a work in progress. So keep getting out there, guys and girls. Keep breaking those walls. My name is James Scully. This has been Breaking Walls, episode number 63, and until next time, I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you very much.
2: Não, WBBN, the Wallbreakers Broadcasting Network. Thank you, and good afternoon.